Triple M Footy lives on Listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. Welcome to Triple M's Saturday Scrum. Lovely to have your company on this beautiful Saturday afternoon in Sydney. We are in Belmore, the home of the Bulldogs, the spiritual home of the Canterbury Bulldogs, where later this afternoon, before the NRL, of course, which is a three o'clock kickoff, the Bulldogs and the Broncos, the Doggies in New South Wales Cup, will take on the Bears. Uh, and the man who I'm sure who will lead them out and be chaired off is Josh Reynolds playing his last game. As we look, uh, Brent Reid uh, across this beautiful old field, we see on top of the uh, Peter Moore scoreboard sitting atop the Josh Reynolds Hill. What was it, the Terry Lamb Hill? Before? Terry Lamb Hill, yeah. yeah. I think it's just a one day only. It's a one day only. Yeah. Good, good for Josh. I mean, he's a great, great bloke, Josh. Yeah. Uh, been, been a great representative for this footy club, and it's what he deserves to go, go out of Belmore and. I can imagine what it's going to be like at full time. That field's yeah. going to get flooded and Josh will get carried off on shoulders. It'll be emotional. Oh, it's moment. great. Because already, when we came in quite early um, this morning, there were queues and still are waiting yeah. outside to get in, which is terrific. 12.40 uh, is the kickoff if you're anywhere nearby for uh, that New South Wales Cup game. But there were the queues there and I saw Josh at our car uh, getting selfies with fans like me, <laughs> uh, which was terrific. Goods, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, yes. boys. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Did you jump in? Did you Josh? Of course. You got to. It's Josh at our car. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I thought the cues were for you to get <laughs> selfish. <laughs> for me to get yeah. selfish. For yeah. you, people wanting you. Yeah. Is that wrong? So that is wrong. Oh, sorry. Wrong. I misunderstood. We will be able to get a uh, much deeper insight into Josh Reynolds and what he means to the club. And I guess more important, as he said during the week, what the club meant to him when Jimmy Graham will join us very shortly. He'll be here for the show. Uh, he is on his way. He didn't bring his pass, his entry pass, uh, and he's worried that, you know, he won't get in. This reeks of a don't you know who I am moment, doesn't it? <laughs> Can you imagine Jimmy at the door? <laughs> don't, you, don't you know who I am? <laughs> and I tell you, if I'm the man at the door, yeah. come on in, sir. And the finger, you'll get the yeah, knuckle, get the knuckle. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> Absolutely. How's your week been, uh, Ryan Godlock? It's been interesting, Tone. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit going on this week. Fair bit of travel, obviously, coming down for the Origin, um, yep. which I really enjoyed. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of took my hands off the wheel there for a little while. I, I flew into um, to Sydney on, on Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. end up you know, sort of walking down to the carousel. Then I, I actually walked down um, into the uh, subway underneath there at, at, at the domestic terminal, and I jump on a train. It takes me into World Square, obviously, where the studio is and where the hotel is. And I was sort of about 10 stops in on the train, and I realised that I didn't have my luggage. Oh, and so, oh, I, so wow. then I, I jumped off the train. I think by that time I was at about Central. Jumped oh. back on another train to go back to the, to the subway where I thought I'd left my bag. And it wasn't there. So I go, I actually thought I was going to get off to the bomb squad because you know what national security is like these days when there's an, a, a, a bag that's been left on a, on a station. So anyway, there was no drama there. So I chased it up and everyone was really casual about it. So... I asked them, look at the cameras. They, they weren't forthcoming. So anyway, it's like, all right, well, I just need to chew on that. And uh, so I jumped back on the train, went to the hotel, only had the one set of clothes for the night, went and bought some underwear, whatever. Anyway, did the game, <laughs> great result. Next day, jump on the, jump on the train, go back to the, t- go back to the subway station that I, I thought I'd left it and nothing there, nothing to report. Okay, moving on. So then on the plane, back up to Maroochydore, then as I'm driving back, I get a call. And the call is from someone at Virgin. And she said, oh, hi, Ryan, did you enjoy the game on Wednesday night? I said, yeah, absolutely. And she said, oh, that's good because we're wondering if at some point you plan on coming and picking up your bag. It's just been going around on the carousel. (laughs) 
I said, are you kidding? He said, no. So I was just that caught up in, in what was happening to her and I had the hands off the wheel and I thought I'd left the bag on the station. I actually didn't even get it off the carousel. Anyway, that, it's been returned now. So it's an, it was an interesting couple of days. Is Brilliant. The lesson there, kids, mm. is don't take public transport. <laughs> that, oh, James Graham has arrived. Welcome. Uh, you, you managed to get through security, did you, even without your pass? Oh, no, yeah. I, well, I shouldn't say I use Greg Inglis's pass. <laughs> so, Twi- twins. <laughs> yeah. It was, was Gaz just telling the story about the... Uh, luggage. About the, the luggage, mate. The, the luggage, to, yeah. Mate, I, I, it's a concern, I, I, Jimmy. I you, you know where is. I can get some tests done, don't you? <laughs> Matt, you're the man that I feel like I need to spend some time with. Yes. Matt, well, what is Early more of a concern? Early onset of something. Is, what of more of a concern is what type of man takes a pillow to travel? Yeah, you're a man with a sore neck <laughs> would be Matt, my response to that. You like ha- you have a pillow that you carry. Well, the good thing is the place. That, yeah, I have this certain pillow that I sleep on, Tony. Otherwise, I get up with a little bit of a kink in my neck. But the good news is, and maybe I won't need to travel with that pillow anymore because yeah. the accommodation that Triple M put me up in when I come down to Sydney, they have a pillow menu, and the exact oh. pillow isn't there, but there's something very close. So I might, le- I might be now able to leave the pillow because that was the only thing that I thought of when I mis- I misplaced the bag was, oh my what? god, I've lost my pillow. Right. What about, the little, what about the little blankie you have as well? You, you, <laughs> no, you there's no blankie there. <laughs> no, I'm okay with blankets. See, see Gads, I, I think you've got, to, you, you've got to keep the body guessing. So, you know, to travel like you do and whatever the random pillow is at the hotel, you know, a bit of adversity makes the body, body stronger, you know. You've got to get yourself out of your comfort zone from time to time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of you getting out Not of your comfort happen, zone, you, you quite like a comfort zone, uh, Jimmy. Uh, for example, I think when you were playing for the Dragons, it, it, you, didn't you take a certain path either to get to the ground and you're very concerned if, if that alters at all? Yes. Mm. There you uh, go. Very superstitious on uh, mm. the, which way you would go to, yeah. uh, to, to hear about Yes, I was thinking because yeah. Belmore, obviously... You There's multiple to... ways. It's, <laughs> no, I had a particular way I had to go. Um <laughs> Yes, it was but quite particular and peculiar. Parked in the same spot every. No, day? not 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 too stressed about parking in the same. So spot. what if you were parked like a kilometre from where you had to go? Did you have to walk to that spot and then walk back to get into the ga- the ground? Do you know what I'm saying? No, you with no. me? No. We've well, had to he, take he a particular path. Parking, spot parking, parking was never a concern. Yeah. It was just the the, the 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 roads that we take to get to Balmore had to be the same one. Okay. And did I you love those same roads saying today? Yeah. Well, I'm did saying, you... what if you couldn't park in a spot? But I didn't have a spot I needed to park in. <laughs> we could probably, we could probably I'll move explain, on. I'll explain it to you. I was trying to explain it to you. Yeah. I've confused myself. Yeah. <laughs> As we see uh, the Bears out on the field just doing a bit of warm-up. Uh, now, we just mentioned Jimmy at the top. You're looking across at Josh Reynolds Hill. He's a man who... Uh, there's two things, obviously. He, was, he played with emotion. He displayed a lot of emotion when he talked about his retirement. Uh, we talked more about what the club meant to him and the, than what he meant to the club. This is a great thing for him this afternoon, signing off. It is the New South Wales Cup, but I reckon there'll be a big crowd here. It'll be terrific. Yeah, absolutely it will. And um, credit to Josh for, for what he's done. We, we speak often about um, having a team-first mentality when it comes to the, those are the type of the players that you want to play with. But what Josh has done... Is a club first mentality. He's had that throughout his career, and you know the the fairy tale story of him coming back from England and the messages with Gus Gould, 
and you know him earning a, a train and trial and then a top 30 spot well the club approached him and said you know they wanted to look at Toby Sexton see what he's about but they needed a player to to step away and Joff Josh selflessly put the club first because you know it's likely he could have forced his way into into first team and played a couple more NRL matches to to finish his career and uh, he didn't. He chose. He chose to put someone else before him, and ultimately the the, the club um, at the top of the tree. And that's why, um, you know, I, I you know I'm pretty sure and confident that the, the club will look to keep Josh in the role because he cares about the club. He cares about the community. He loves the Bulldogs through and through. He you know he talks about you know the the regret of uh, of leaving and move, moving to Pastures New. But what, what a player and what a person to have involved with you with the football club. That passion, that love. It can't be. Uh, it, it, it can't be created. It well, sorry, it's, mm. it is born with it almost. It's in his DNA. This club. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And he gets to run around. I think it's one v two in New South Wales Cup out here this afternoon. So as we said, if you are anywhere nearby Belmore, uh, drop in. I don't know if it's uh, what the ticket sales are like, but uh, it will be sold out. There we go, yeah. sold out game. And a lot of that to do with Josh Reynolds, who isn't even playing in the NRL game today. That is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Brent Reid, what, what's happened? Any uh, injury charges? What's going on in the, the short amount? We've got the Tigers, obviously, uh, 34, uh, 18 winners, uh, sorry, losers to the Knights. Uh, anything coming out of that? Uh, not really, Tony. No charges out of that game. And from memory, there weren't any injuries out of it. From memory. I, I... Yep. What about Hetherington with the... The, the slap. The slap. <laughs> No, no charge. No charge. No charge for that, so... Ten minutes um, sufficient. Jeez, he looked annoyed at himself. Well, he's got a bit of a reputation, yeah. hasn't he? He's, he's made a few mistakes and he's... You know, they can't afford to, for, for that to keep happening. So, you know, I'd be surprised if... You know, at some point they're going to stop persisting with, with him if he keeps doing that sort of thing. Yeah. He's not learning his lessons. No, he, he's, he's not. And you could see the frustration at himself. And he's like, oh, I've been caught up in yeah. a silly moment again. And it was a nothing. He, yeah. It was like a nothing Be, slap. Was... I, I really like his... Yeah. When, when he's out on the field, he, he, he goes really well. Yeah. Him, but he, he, he doesn't seem to be given many minutes at, at Newcastle at the moment. I know in previous weeks, but... Um, yeah, that rap sheet's nah, it's not great. Ten, ten minutes. He, he had to be binned, though, didn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, of you course. Have yeah, to yeah. Even in his own, people go, oh, it's just a slap, you can't yeah. be binned. Of course you have to be. Yeah, that's little, the rules. And, and yeah. Absolutely right. All right, we'll get to that game in a second. You uh, mentioned uh, injuries. Though. Josh, yes, had a, Josh had a, had a, had a cars obviously not playing today because he, he did that hamstring in origin tones. That's why I got a selfie with him out the front yeah. there. Well, he got one with you, didn't he? <laughs> We're not yeah, sure. So. We're not okay. sure. We'll discuss yeah. that. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Brent Reed, and James Graham with you at Belmore Oval looking at the Josh Reynolds Hill. He'll be playing his final game for this club at the spiritual home of the Doggies uh, in the New South Wales Cup, North Sydney. The, the Bears uh, having a bit of warm up as we speak. 12.40 is the scheduled kickoff for this New South Wales Cup game. Of course, ahead of the uh, the Broncos and the Bulldogs at three o'clock. And James Graham, we talked before about Josh. There's uh, is there a little guard of honour for the great man as he enters the field? Yes, there is. Yeah, so um, I think it's his old club. The um, uh, the name escapes me actually. The uh, the, the one that he uh, he grew up playing for. Um, they're going to be making a guard of honour, and there's a couple of old teammates there as well to. To see him off on his last his last ever game. So. And will we be able to wave to you uh, as you are a part of that? Yes, I'll be going down. I'll be ducking off from my duties here. For wow. We're going to dock his pay or? Ten, oh, oh. The thing is, he has to go from here the exact same path he usually takes <laughs> yes. down yes. to the guard of honour. I worked that out, I worked out what was going on there, Jimmy. I thought you meant walk into the ground, but you were talking about driving to the ground. 
That's where yes. the, that's where the confusion <laughs> is. That where the confusion, that's where the confusion yeah. emanated from. So there was, was no, no confusion for most, Rudy. No. A lot of people in this box looked, they had weird looks on their face. They were fuckled yeah. by it all. Well, it was, yeah. it was two minutes well, of our lives we're never getting back. Yeah. 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 Let's move uh, on. <laughs> 30, 34, 18. Uh, the Knights over the Tigers. Uh, this is a game that Caelan Ponga, he's, last week, of course, it was a 66 nil over the Doggies. Uh, oh, sorry, before the bye. He looked terrific once more, Ryan Girdler. He certainly did. Yeah, he's a um, yeah, he's an immense talent, and every now and again, um, we sort of get to see those moments from him. And, and last night, yeah, for for eighty minutes, every time the Knights had the football, and especially sort of out the back of any sort of shapes that they threw at the Tigers, um, yeah, he was unstoppable. Uh, just his pass selection, the tempo that he plays with, it was a little bit like what Cody Walker did to the to the Maroons on uh, on Wednesday night, you know, and the combination yeah. out on that left side with Bradman Best. Um, Greg Marju had a good night as well. The platform well and truly laid uh, by the Saifidi boys and Leo Thompson playing with a lot of energy. Um, and, yeah, they just put together a really solid performance. They got scored against early from the Tigers. I thought that was a legitimate try. Uh, Jerome Buller, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But um, And then you just kind of got the feeling that the Tigers had one of those moments where it was like, here we go again. And then... You know, on the back of what was a pretty positive start, uh, they just allowed the Knights to score three pretty easy tries. And then they found a little bit of resilience and some confidence. And with guys like Api Corusel and, and Buller um, and, and Bateman all just sort of, you know, um, putting together some some nice little passages, they, they got themselves back into the contest. But then again, as soon as um, they would score points, they would, you know, on the next set, they would... I think they completed 50-something percent. They would have an error, and then they just wouldn't be able to defend that error. The Knights would score again, generally through Kalen Ponga, who was involved in everything, and and they were just too good in the end. Yeah, he just toyed with them, Kalen Ponga. It was just toying with them. It was just too easy for him. And anytime Kalen Ponga comes up against uh, teams with slightly leaky defence, you can guarantee he's going to be plenty of try assist and try involvement too. It was just almost too easy for him. He, he had space, he adjusts, adjusts his depth, his timing was perfect and what about that try he scored himself where he comes off hard off the left foot, that was beautiful to, to watch. I think on, on the Tigers they can be hard done by a little bit on that first try. Tim Sheens in the post-match press conference was you know, expecting an apology for, from the NRL but I think he he summed it up. That wasn't the, the difference. The attitude of the players sometimes, they, they, they wander. Um, and he said himself, if it wasn't for Jerome Bula, um, mm. they would have got yeah. 40 put on them. And even if you look at the, the, the way that game started with the, with the three tries, well, Ponga left his kicking boots at home. Yeah. And he'd kicked, I think, 20 in a row before, before last night. And then he misses the first three. So I think the, the scoreline probably flattered the Tigers in the end. I think Tim Shane's would be very lucky to get an apology, wouldn't he, for something that was going to margin call, uh, you know, whether it was a ball was forward, landed forward yeah. of the player or not. I mean, I'm not sure he get an apology. No. He might get an acknowledgement that they that probably got it wrong. I thought it was a, a fair try. It was a funny game because every time it looked like the Knights were going to run away with it, yeah. they'd make a blue and let the Tigers mm. back into it. And every time the Tigers got close enough, they'd make a blue and su- suddenly the Knights would put their foot down again. They never really... Looked as though they were going to lose the game tonight, but it got close, close on occasions for them. Um, and the Tigers, I mean, it's just, it's just a battle for them at the moment. Oh, you know, big game next week, Dragons, Tigers. 
Oh, the big game might be the wrong way to frame it. It is frame a big game. battle for the spoon. I think they should play each other every week until the season finishes. Just, <laughs> just another one of your wacky <laughs> just, wooden spoon theories. Sort it out. I think that's the way to go. You mentioned uh, Dream Bull. He was terrific. Even when Tyson Campbell, he just never gave up on anything. Tyson Campbell, it was yeah. terrific work from him. Doodle overhead pass, follows mm. in. He goes for the try. You can see him. I'm about to lair rise here. I'm yeah. about to do a bit of whoop, whoop. <laughs> Jerome Buller came, uh, Jerome Buller came from he, behind and, and almost knocked that ball. Gamble out. didn't know he was there. Is there? No. Absolutely. He didn't know he was there. Yeah. And you know what? You look to the coach's box after that, and the, they did a great job showing the, the reactions of uh, Newcastle coach yeah. uh, O'Brien. Yes. <laughs> for, for, yeah. for a young guy, you know, what impresses me most about him is just his effort he puts into every play to every moment. Like you can see. Yeah. Um, there, there was a couple of couple of times, like Greg Marju, 105 kilo, gets over the line at some point, uh, actually could have dived in the corner but chose contact, as we know some of those big wingers do, and he chose contact with the wrong man because Buller was, Buller was able to hold him up over the line. He stopped that try, and then he was able to get his, his hands on a football. I'm not sure who it was later on in the same situation. Like, it was going to be a try. He was able to dislodge the footy at the last moment, and then... Yeah, just his support play through the middle, the way that he attacks, kicks, the way that he puts himself in the contest. For a young man, he's got a huge future. He's the best thing to come out of the Tigers this year. He's um, a superstar. You, you add to that as well, Gerds. This is a kid who had um, some issues at high school, took a break from the game to go and play basketball, but basically a year of playing football. So mm. he's only about two years back into playing rugby league again. Uh, so they're scratching the surface with his potential and how good a footballer he, he is going to be in years to come. So it's pretty ama- It's an amazing story. It, it, it really is. And you, you know what? Just just on the Tigers, I think it was really positive to see um, Api Corusau come back yep. into the team and to come back early as well than anticipated. That shows it, it's attitudes like that that are going to head the club in the right direction. They're a completely different team when he plays. We saw them play here at, at Belmore. Earlier on in the season, they couldn't quite keep up with Api Corusau. He seemed on another level, and they were still adjusting to playing with him. So him rushing back into the team to come back from a broken jaw when he doesn't really need to when the season's probably gone, that's a huge statement from from Appy, what he's about, what he's going to stand for, because he knows that he that those lads need to practice with him. And when you look at the makeup of the spine, yep, Brooks is going next year, but the the one in Bula and the nine in Coruscant, you've mm. got two quality players there. They just need some a little bit of additions to that spine. Yeah. And, you know, have some work on their defense, on their edges, and and like I say, it's that attitude of mm. Coruscant that sets the standard now. And you might see the Tigers go on the up from there. Will that attitude and setting the standard, obviously, it goes has to go beyond the footy field, doesn't it? And there's still uh, a lot of buzz, a lot of talk about what's going on there. Um, Eddie, what's with Justin Holbrook uh, meetings? I mean, he's been touted around quite a few yeah. clubs at the moment. But oh, he's doing, he's doing a, the lap of the NRL, basically, Justin Holbrook. And look, the Tigers insist the plan meeting, it didn't go ahead in the end, but it, w- it will go ahead at some point, I imagine. It wasn't about... Justin joining the coaching staff immediately or next year or taking over from Tim or Benji at some point. Um, it was more about getting to know him, finding out what he's about, 
meeting him, building a relationship, and if down the track an opportunity becomes available, then something might come. Why? You, well, you, well, that was my question. Why would you even do the, do it? Because the perception is it's undermining the existing coaching The reality is, yeah. yeah. more than just perception. And well, what makes it worse is Tim had no idea about it. Now, Benji did find out about it the day before, I believe it was due to go ahead. Tim had no idea about it. Tim fronted the media mm. on Thursday, said it was paper talk, um, and... There's nothing, nothing in it. Well, that's here. not right. It wasn't paper. It was fact. It was in the papers, but it was fact. It was confirmed. I don't understand why a club would do that. Well, you do. It's the Tigers. And yes. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, for, and for, even though they, even though they throw they, they they put their hands up and say it was, it was an innocent meeting, it's just difficult it's not, to it, believe that. Yeah. Right? Did you, what, you want to go and get it, to know someone? Yeah. And like, what is it? A date? <laughs> Yes. And everything that's going on at that club at the moment, all the rumours that are going around about Tim's future and, um, you know, relationships between, you know, Scott... The Ford. lack of transparency is what yeah. the issue Just I what, see here, boys. It's, a, it's well, a massive lack of transparency. We saw it a few months ago when Scott Fulton was brought into the fray. you got a re- recruitment officer that's been brought in without the acknowledgement of the coaching staff. And then you've got guys like um, Dave Ferner and wondering what... You know what their positions like. It just destabilizes the whole organisation when you've got management going out and talking to potential assistant or head coaches, while you know you've got guys in the system already that have ambitions to to fill those roles. And how does it get out, Rudy? I mean, who finds out about those sort of meetings and those discussions? How did you well, find out about it? Well, I was doing the rounds earlier in the week, um, and it got it got reported that. The Tigers were one of the cl- clubs who were um, interested in talking to him, but I had it confirmed on Thursday. That, why that are these people talking, though? I don't understand why you'd, you'd give, up, give up that information. Sometimes it's not the club yeah, giving it no, up. It's, yeah, okay, it's, but then even from the Tigers' point of view, you just got to go, do, do we need this right now? Yeah. Yeah. Do we need another distraction? Do mm. we need more instability? Do we need do we not not even bring him in bring in Holbrook in? But do we need this story getting out there? Yeah. The issue for me, Jimmy, is if you, if you're going to have that meeting and you've got to assume it's going to get out because it just does. Yeah, you've got to tell the coach. I just don't see the don't point. You've in, got to tell in, the head yeah, coach. You, you should that we're going to meet the guy, yeah, you and you should, should take him with well, you. It just depends yeah. on your intentions, Rudy. If you don't think it's something the head coach needs to know, well, generally you'd have to say that the intentions are pretty bad, right? that you believe that you're looking to, you know, fill a role there that potentially is obviously being done by someone that you feel that they're inadequate, inadequate you, you, for the position, right? Because I'm just trying to think why else would you have that meeting? Yeah. Well, you, you, you're 100% right, Geds. But again, messaging is so important. And, you know, from the current head coach's position, you'd think that the board or whoever's organised this meeting would have the balls to go and have that conversation with the head coach and say, look, I'm going to do this meeting, rather than find out through a journalist ringing him up and going, what do you think about this? Or finding out in the newspaper. Yeah. Like, the messaging is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it also and puts honest, them on the honest, spot, Jimmy. It, it, puts, it puts the coaches on the spot because if they find out about it in a situation like at a press conference after a game or whatever it may be and yeah. they've actually got the cameras on them, it just, may, it, it's, it just makes the whole situation look comical. Well, Tim got asked about it in the press conference. And that's when he said it's paper talk. Don't know anything about it. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's now made Tim look bad because it wasn't. Exactly, that's it, what I'm it saying. It wasn't paper talk. It was a fact. It was happening. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and it's put it's put Tim mm. in a it's bad embarrassing position. that Tim finds out that way. Yeah, it's really right. embarrassing that he finds out that way. It is. It's like a, that relationship, isn't it? When you say to your partner, "Look, now we're all good, but I just want to see other people." Uh, <laughs> it, it never really works out, does? And again, it, it just is... makes their job so difficult, doesn't it, boys? Like we talk, yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about what's going on there at the Tigers, and they've they've obviously got a certain area of the football program that they need to look after, which, sure, they're struggling with at the moment. But the administration and the board and those other areas of the football department that you feel like at the moment, um, they're just letting each other down. Yes, they are getting... They're letting each other down. They are, they are, you're, Gage, you're 100% right. They're letting each other down. They're letting, they're letting the players down as well because, again, this creates instability amongst the players. Well, I've got, I've got all these voices. I've got Tim Sheens, I've got Benji Marshall, you know, Robbie Farad. Dave Ferner, but then the club are obviously yeah. looking somewhere else yeah. to bring another voice in. So what sort of environment does that create? Yeah, toxic one. Indeed. At Belmore Oval, my name is Tony Squires. I'm joined by Ryan Girdler and Reedy is here. James Graham has made his way down to the sideline uh, to form part of that guard of honour for Josh Reynolds, who will run out for the New South Wales Cup side as... Lots of fans already streaming in, already here, really. What are we looking at numbers-wise? I think it holds about 17,000 here, Tone. So, a uh, decent crowd to sell out, as you mentioned earlier. So, good crowd for Josh. Absolutely. Doing some warm-ups there. That game gets underway at 12.40. It was also a pretty perfect evening on Wednesday in Sydney. And four fans of the New South Wales Blues and State of Origin have a listen to what happened. <laughs> Grant throws left a monster. He puts up a high kick to the left corner. Here they go. Tabby Fido knocks it back. Taken yep. by Fafida. He's over. Fafida's in. Way to Moses. Gets it on as it's tapped off for Kalama Tucky. Here's Toll. Reaches out and scores. Go to the open left. Murray to walk at the best. Beautiful quick hands to Addo Carr. He's got space. Puts boot the ball. One of the Blues is offside. It doesn't matter because Josh Addo Carr takes it himself and scores a great finish the 2023 Origin Series in style. It's Queensland's year, but it's New South Wales night. A thoroughly deserved 24-10 victory. Ryan Girdler, was that you with mm. the oh yes sir? Oh yes oh, I sir. Just, I just can't wait for game four time when I roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love these five game series. They have the, 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 the sense. I mean, surely, the, surely the revenue that the NRL will, will generate from a, a fourth and a fifth, I mean, it, it can't be denied, right? Uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was it was a, a terrific great night. performance. It was a great night. Uh, you know, it was obviously too little too late in terms of the series, but. Just in terms of a, a, the contest and, and viewing that contest was great, yeah. but also to see somebody like Cody Walker 
who put in one of the great origin performances. Yeah, a lot of people are going to talk about what he did with the football, but, you know, being there and watching Cody, li- Cody live, um, his energy around the smaller parts, the more difficult parts of the game, what really impressed me, like his, his kick chase, he was always pushing, he was on that edge with Liam Martin and, and often, you know, because of, of the line speed that Liam Martin drives, he sort of gets caught out sometimes in retreat, so then you, you need to push in inside him and Cody Walker was very physical defensively. He, he'd, he'd often um, find himself around the other side of the field, like looking to get involved in defence and attack. He just sort of gave himself free reign. It was an exceptional performance and so good to, um, you know, reward the, the, the coaching staff and also the New South Wales fans who it's always uh, the concern, Tony, with giving away that first game that potentially, yep. you know, you're only going to get a dead rubber um, for, your, for your game and that's exactly what New South Wales fans had to deal with. It was hard to promote it. They got there in numbers and it was a great night out, a really great football to watch. It's an interesting point you make, and we'll, maybe we'll get to that, back to that. The idea of, you know, we, we are selling the game, we are I mean, taking around, we've been to Perth, we're Adelaide. I think it's Melbourne is the first game next uh, season as well. I'm, Perth, I'm, Melbourne? One of the two. Yeah, it's one, away, yeah. One of the two. So we're, we're about faced... taking a game to Auckland? Yeah, indeed. So we are faced with that scenario, though, yeah. being, you know, a regular occurrence. Yeah, although generally it goes down the last game, doesn't it? But I can't remember what the record's like in recent years. But, yeah. um, you know, that's just luck of the draw. They had, what, 75,000 or anyway. It didn't really affect the attendance and it wouldn't affect it at Suncorp either. I mean, no, true. it doesn't matter what game it is of origin at Suncorp Stadium, you're going to sell it out. So, yeah. uh, it, it affected TV ratings. So, uh, yeah, it probably did. Yeah. I actually away. don't know about that, Reedy. I think well, we've had Suncorp? some games up here, Suncorp, in, in recent years. I don't know if you'd sell it out, if it was a dead rubber, necessarily. I, I love the way you say we've had some games up here. No, I, I didn't that say that. I said they've yes, had some did. games up here. You said we. I you said we. Well, it's anyway, you can I'm be a Queenslander, mate. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, uh, in terms of, I was really happy for, I was really happy for James Tedesco, actually, because he copped yeah, a lot of flack yeah, during the series, yeah. Teddy, and I th- thought that was far and away his best game in the series. Um, Silence some people who, who'd been... Critical of him, but I think the game's got to really be put in perspective. I know, you know, we talked it was a dead rubber, and I think Queensland were quite flat. I didn't think they were anywhere near as slick as they were in the first two games. So, um, you know, whilst New South Wales were really good and, and better than they have been, I think you've got to measure against a Queensland side that probably didn't have the same motivation levels and to me, just didn't look as sharp. Yeah, I think Andrew Webster put it pretty well. Blues waltzed uh, their way to victory just when it matters least. Yes. Which is, <laughs> sadly, uh, it didn't matter. Well, it, it still matters. And it mattered to me, and yeah. I'm sure it mattered yeah, to everybody absolutely. running around in that, in that blue jersey. It mattered to it Cody did. Walker, who had a, uh, yeah. a whose maturity came through so beautifully uh, and rubbed off another man that mattered to named Bradman Best, making his yeah. debut, and it was a sensational debut. It, it was. was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Never in doubt. Yeah. Never in doubt. <laughs> Well, I picked him from game one. And, and, you need to, and you need to put in perspective, Tony. Like, he's an outside back that's been playing yep. at a club side that hasn't had a lot of success recently. They haven't been able to build com, um, combinations with your 5'8". And as a, as a centre, that's really important. So he got... And, and you've got to give credit to Freddie and the coaching staff for, you know, understanding his journey understanding that part of his development and saying, well, this is what we've seen from, a, from 16. We put him outside a goal like Cody Walker and anything can happen. That's exactly like he, he, there was parts of his game that I didn't know existed that Cody exposed the other night. 
that we haven't seen at Newcastle. And Freddie and that, obviously, they knew that. They've seen this guy come through the system. So everyone can question those decisions. Um, but that intel that they had knew that he was ready for a performance like that. And and I was also a guy that, uh, you know, I had Dylan Edwards in my third squad. You know, I... Yep. I as I, as I spoke a couple of weeks ago, like nothing but the utmost respect for, for Teddy and what he's done, but I thought it was time um, for, for Dylan to have a shot. And I'm so happy to be so wrong. Um, yep. It was so good to see Teddy play the way that he did, and I'm so happy they stuck with him. And I think that's what happens as a, as a pundit, right? You you give your opinion. Sometimes it's it's on the money. Sometimes it's not. But I've never been happier to be wrong, Tony. It was so good to see Teddy. And I think the fact that... Um, he was able, in a sense, just to take his hands off the wheel because the conversion of the opportunities was looked after by Cody Walker. So he yep. knew that he could just do what he did best, which is just, you know, pushing up through the middle, punching holes. The focus wasn't going to be on him to try and have to convert the opportunities of the field position that had been created in the first couple of games where at times he would get in the way or he would disrupt the flow um, he knew what he had to do with Cody. He just let him go, and um, it was great to watch. Well, as it's great to watch right now is uh, Josh Reynolds. He's given his team a bit of a rev up in the dressing before, before they've come out. Uh, hugs and kisses to friends and family. Uh, running through his junior footy team and some of those legends and Bulldogs players that he played alongside so passionately now. He's in the centre of the field, all alone. The Bears on the other side of that 50-metre line. He goes over towards the Josh Reynolds Hill. Has a look up, sees his name up there in lights. Brilliant, a little round of applause. Well done, Josh Reynolds. Great career. Let's uh, we'll obviously concentrate on that game a little bit as it uh, transpires across the afternoon. Uh, yeah, Bradman best dad, uh, Queenslander through and through. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> he cheered twice when uh, Bradman best scored those two tries. It's interesting the Bradman best conundrum now because he had such a good game yeah. on Wednesday night, but there's a guy named Latrell Mitchell who will probably be fit next year. Tommy Turner, and he has to, well, And Latrell's got to be your first choice left centre. Well, they, well, let's not start picking New South Wales side for game one in 24. Well, let's do <laughs> let's it. Just, Why not? Let, you know, let's not, let's not go there, Reedy. Like, enjoy there's the so moment, many Kurtz. twists and turns yeah. before that happens. So yeah. um, we'll worry about that then. Let's just enjoy, you know, the performance that they put in and what that meant to the, the state and the, and the coaching staff. They're great moments when I think Danny got, Danny Wilder got the family on Channel 9 uh, immediately following the game and... They're great moments. We couldn't talk to the players, obviously, so mm. the family members become more important in moments like that. Great, great emotional scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, some of the other guys that were brought in as well that hadn't been available through different periods for whatever reason uh, through the series, like Jake Toboevich, the way that he just shored up the middle, the the intent that, that Campbell Gillard ran with, and then Cam Murray and the way that he was able to just generate, you know, ruck speed and that just triggered Cook and that relationship that Cook had... Uh, with Cody Walker, um, it was just, it was so good. It, I got so much enjoyment watching the way that they played because I thought in the other two games, and we'd spoken about it, they, they got themselves in so many good positions and weren't able to just capitalise on that. And so bringing Cody in just triggered that, the whole left side, and then it was just so good to watch. It was good to watch, as is this. As we said, we are looking straight across to the Josh Reynolds Hill. James Graham is down on uh, the field. I think we're joined by uh, Josh's mum, Nicole. Is that right? Yes, we are. Nicole, how are we feeling? Very nervous. Very nervous. Yeah. Yeah, how's the week been for you? Emotional. Yeah. 
I, I bet it has. I bet it has. Well, what a what a boy you've you've produced. You must be so proud of him. Everything that he's done, he's put the club first. And what an amazing career, the highs, the lows. What's your highlight from Josh's career so far? The Reynolds, 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 when they, yeah, took him off the field that game, the last game at Belmore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll get more of those scenes later on today. I'll let you go. I know you want to enjoy this this last time we're going to see Josh. You should be so proud. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very proud. Cheers. There she is, Nicole, Josh, Josh Reynolds, uh, mum, right down there with James Graham, who's now playing the rugby league reporter. It, it is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to keep James Graham fit. Uh, we've had him up and down the stairs about half a dozen times so far. Uh, he has made his way back after forming that guard of honour and, of course, speaking to Josh Reynolds' mum, Nicole, as well from the sideline. Uh, while you were gone, Jimmy, we did have a chat about the uh, state of origin, the win for the Blues on, on Wednesday, obviously. Uh, it was a great little fillip for the state to get that win after going down in the series proper. I guess the, where we turn now is what that means going forward. What does it mean for Brad Fittler? Because there's been so much discussion now uh, about what's been going on with him and, uh, and losing a couple of those on the trot. But what, are we, what are we thinking? Is he, has he done enough now? Well, uh, will the dogs continue to bark, Brent Reid? Oh, I think they'll continue to bark until the decision's made. It looks like that'll be... In anywhere from four to six weeks away time. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I, I, I got the feeling he was done, but there's just this sense around they might keep him in, in, in a similar role but, but change the people around him. I think we, we got an insight into, into, into that on Wednesday night when not, Ivan Cleary was in the box. With yeah, it was If you look at when Freddie was really successful as origin coach, he had Fitzy with him, Craig Fitzgibbon. He went, Fitzy obviously got a, a club job, um, and then he sort of drifted. Between, I think he's, I think he's chopped and changed, hasn't he? Girds a little bit. I think Mary's been with him, Paul McGregor, and a few others. But I think we saw some things that he wrong during this series that having a guy like Ivan Cleary in the box would help with. And then lo and behold, Ivan's there on Wednesday night. They turn around, they get the tactics right, they win the footy game. So, you know, I think Brad's going to have to be flexible if they keep him. Um, and I think it's a big if they keep him. But if they keep him, I think he's going to have to. Overhaul his staff. I think that's the only way he should survive. For me, the, the interesting thing now is when, when New South Wales uh, Rugby League do their review, how much do they take the result into account and not the processes that went there? How much is that? You know, the, the, there was criticism of the criticism of some of the selections. And now, because we are a results based industry, it's like, oh no, those selections were justified. But were they? Like, how much does that game count in terms of the review? There was no pressure. There was no... Ex like, it was, it, it was completely different. I know people will say there's no such thing as the dead rubber, but the, the, it's not as consequential. The circumstances are different. Yeah, it might mean the same wearing that jersey, but there's no pressure going into that game. So it'll be interesting to see just how much they look at that um, selection or other selections throughout the series and take that into account or... It's the old saying in sport that winning solves everything, everything, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. Now, look, you mentioned that, that criticism that was made. There was plenty of criticism poured on Freddie and selectors, Greg Alexander uh, and so on. I think Brad Fittler was specifically uh, upset about uh, ex-players uh, being involved in that. Just have a little listen to what Brad Fittler had to say. Having ex-players, uh, you know, out there uh, criticising and questioning all the time, you know, support from ex-players should be unequivocal, you know. 
shouldn't be tested, but it is, constant. And the best thing about tonight was having ex-players from the last two games turn up. And that says that the jumper comes first. It's an incredible gesture considering what the media try to portray. So that was an incredible act of bravery to be able to turn up and you know, feel part of this group. I don't know about this. I don't know why ex-players should just form the choir and sing along behind. How the... is it brave for those players to turn up on Wednesday night? The, people like the, Nico Hines. Well, how is that brave? What's yeah. brave about that? Tommy turning up and, um, you know, they want to be picked next year. Yeah, well, Jai Arrow was there for Queensland. Yeah, there's nothing brave about that. Yeah. And, you know, he talks about ex-players. Those ex-players he's talking about, they're current players who aren't involved in the media, who aren't getting paid by the media to have an opinion. It's, that was a, I hadn't heard that comment. That's ridiculous. Um, and, Gerds, you kind of alluded to this a, a moment ago in terms of that job you have. You're obviously a state of origin player, an Australian player, uh, yet you are called upon in your current profession to have an opinion. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line that we tread, Tony. Um, and regardless of, of what comes across on the media or, or, or what we say as pundits, I mean, once I get to that game, I'm all in. I just want the best for New South Wales. I, and, and I essentially, you know, sometimes I feel like as, um, you know, as an ex-player and as a pundit, you can offer some advice, or not some advice, or you can just give some different perspective on something that mightn't be able to be um, understood from in, in those four walls. And sometimes I think maybe that can, that can benefit. Obviously, Freddie's might have taken some of the things that I've said over the, over the, uh, over the last month um, you know, in a negative fashion, but it was never meant to be negative. And I hope that, you know, I'm sure if the, if Freddie thought that I was um, in some way destabilising the environment, I'd hope he'd ring me to let me know because he knows me well enough to know that that's certainly not my intention. Uh, but I just saw some things come out of the camp that I just, I, I didn't resonate, they didn't resonate with me. So I, so I spoke about it and that it is my job and I take my job pretty seriously and I, and I work hard, um, to, you know, on those opinions and I, and, and I, and I deliver them in a way that it comes from a good place and I'm, I'm passionate when I do that. So I hope that hasn't been taken the wrong way. But um, as you said, Tony, I mean, that, that is my role here at Triple M. Well, and, and also, especially when you consider you know, the team selections, especially in games two and in game three, did raise a lot of eyebrows. Yep. And we'd be wrong not to be speaking about them and, and questioning whether that was the right selection and what you personally would have done and trying to understand those selections and then... You know, the fallout from game one and Nico Hines only getting, 11, what was it, 11 minutes and, and then what happened there and Uitoi Ikamanu only getting limited game time and then the decision in game three to go with two hookers but with Gutherson as well. These are selections that we've not just sat around and gone, oh, we're going to have to make something up here and, and, and just, you know, who can we compare these selections to? These conversations were being had in the living rooms, in the WhatsApp groups, in the pubs, in the cafes, all across New South Wales about, like, what's what? going on here? And we try to give a, a, an opinion and, OK, ex-New South Wales players do su support their, their, their state. Undoubtedly, you're not going to de deny that. But, again, you can't deny that these selections and some of the tactics did, should, rightfully so, based off the 17s that were picked, each... Um, each game 
was gonna was was going to cause yep. debate. Absolutely. All right, just very very quickly because uh, we are running way way late, which is all good. Uh, on the other side of the equation, Billy Slater. The question isn't about him whether the, you know he will be asked; it's whether he will accept. Isn't well, I it? think he will. Tone. I think he. Um, yeah, I think he's enjoyed it. I think he's done a really good job. I, I think he wants to build a legacy there. And I, I'd be stunned if Billy's not the Queensland coach, not just next year, next year, but for the next few years. Wow. You, don't, right, you uh, don't think the, the winning the series really papered over any of the cracks in the Queensland side? <laughs> cracks in what way, Gertz? Well, I, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I feel, like, about, I, I, well, I feel like New South Wales were quite dominant in game one, didn't get the result, and then dominated them in game three. So even though Queensland won the series, you don't think there's any concerns there for the Queenslanders and some of their key players and some of the form that they showed? The other night, Brad Fittler's got to him. Who are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm just about, asking, Gertz? mate. I don't know. No, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I think. No. But, but, Hang on no. to the thought. I've got to get you a break. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> we are at Belmore Oval, slightly breezy Belmore Oval, looking across to the Josh Reynolds Hill, the uh, Bulldogs and New South Wales Cup as we speak, playing uh, against the Bears. The Bears have gone in for a third try, 16 0, waiting for that conversion. 17 minutes to play in the uh, first half. Josh Reynolds has been out there, getting up to some uh, some of the stuff that he loves to do, throwing boots around. Uh, he <laughs> had to go breathing very heavily, James Graham. I saw when he was on the sideline, uh, the 34-year-old boy. Yes, uh, he was. It's been an emotional occasion, though, and the, the, it can knock you around a little bit. And, yep. Uh, look, it's the, it was very emotional down there as well for you know, a, a number of us that have, have seen Josh grow from a from a boy to, to a man that he is now. So, um, yeah, what an occasion. Can't wait to see it at the end when this place will be pretty much full and get the, the send-off he deserves. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, James, obviously with us. Ryan Girdler is also here and Brent Reed just updating those scores. Uh, on Wednesday night, the Blues over the Maroons, 24 points to 10. And then last night it was the uh, Knights, 34, beating the Tigers, 18. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Brent Reed, and James Graham with you. All right, let's talk some player movement or potential player movement. Who knows? Tina Fa'asul Malawi may stay exactly where he is at the Titans, but we do know he had the Justin Holbrook clause. Seems like a lot of clubs have that now, including the Tigers. Uh, where could Tino get to Brent Reed? What's the latest? Well, look, he's obviously activated that uh, clause in his contract, which effectively makes him a free agent. I'd be stunned if he left the Gold Coast um, Tony. He's the captain up there. From all reports, from talking to people close to him, he loves living up there. His family's up there. Um, and you know what it does is now it puts pressure on the Gold Coast to come to the table and potentially upgrade his deal, extend his deal. He's on really good money. He's on over 900000 Tino anyway, and it goes up over a million, I think, in the, in the next couple of years. So he's on big money now. But it, it does puts a bit of pressure, pressure on the Titans to to come to the table and try and upgrade him to make sure he doesn't up, go anywhere. Up, upgrade from what he's already on. Yes. Well, really, I got the feeling um, initially from from Tino and, and Fafita's management that it might have been a little bit of a swipe at administration there at the Titans for basically the way they went about just you know moving Justin Holbrook on. And then I now I kind of get a little f- bit of that good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I, I because it didn't like. There didn't seem like there was a lot of consultation in that no. move. We had the CEO here, and yep. it was basically I just felt like doing it. Des was out there, and it kind of all happened pretty quickly, right? So yes. I kind of initially got the feeling that it might have been on the back of um, and that and just not going through the, the, the process. And then now that they've actually gone into the market and they've seen what they're worth, 
Well, now it's basically, I think it's a little bit of an up yours to Titans management saying, well, that's the way you behaved in that situation. We weren't happy with it. And now you're either going to have to pay us this certain money to move forward or, you know, we might leave. Well, well I, I think Tino's already on a, a, a pretty handy deal, I think. Yeah. He's obviously got loft, lofty ambitions. He's spoken before about wanting to lift the, the, the trophy at the club. But for, for me, that just acting in this clause, you know, really the simple thing would just be to cl- close it down. The, the very fact that this clause has been activated and sort of gets the the question spinning around the mind. And I just wonder whether one of the clubs, uh, a big Sydney club, has um, maybe just given a quiet phone call to Tino's manager and said, uh, just just let Tino, this is what we're thinking. Do you think... Maybe, um, this, maybe this club, Jimmy. Maybe this club. Rudy, maybe do you the think Ru- it's got something maybe to do the with Roosters. the fact that, that Des has been brought in? Well, Des has met them. Uh, as I understand it, Des has already spoken to both those guys. I don't think it was um, a lengthy discussion because I don't think Des has yep. spent a lot of time at the club. I think mm. um, I think Des would like to probably sit down with them and talk to them again. I don't think it, I don't think the issue is Des related. I think it's purely okay. Holbrook related and how you're right how that situation was handled, handled Gerds and and obviously now the clubs are aware that they're, they're available. They're probably getting some. Well, they are getting some huge amounts thrown their way and that that's obviously turned their head a little bit but yeah. uh, again I'd be stunned if they left the Gold Coast I think both mm. those guys really enjoy playing there um, they're both from there they live you know their families are in the area and they're both really well paid now but I imagine the club the club's going to have to come to the table and rework their deals and potentially pay them a bit more but, but or lengthen those deals Reedy you can't you can't have two forwards yeah. on over a million dollars mm. because then that affects your ability to tra- attract other players and you know they're talking about wanting to go after Ben Hunt they, can they can they have two million plus dollars of their salary cap tied up in, in Tino and Fafita and would expect there be, to let me ask you this Jimmy or, or Reedy would there be another club that has more money tied up in, in sort of middle and edge forwards than than that uh, I can't well, think of one uh, well Manly's got a lot of money in Jake um, Josh Schuster, yeah. and they're about to upgrade oh, all yeah. the Kawatu. So they've got a bit of money in uh, yep. Melbourne. Have got money in, well, I suppose to an extent in uh, Harry Grant, obviously, and Nelson. Yeah, they've re-signed the Nelson. He's in yeah, the he's in the spine. Yeah, yep. but they don't spend as much on their hooker. And Sam Verrills isn't on Harry Grant. What Harry no, Grant goes true. to next year. So I, I think you can get away with it, Jimmy. But yep. you just, it just means you're gonna have to make some. But then he tip, tip in even in other more. Areas. Yeah, you put then to, to tip even more and. I think, that, the, I think cap, that, the cap now is 11, 11 and a half million. It's going to go up again next year to probably 11.6. Cap's huge now. I don't think people yeah, that, really got their heads around. Yeah, the, the million dollar player, yeah. It, it's well, another it's million. Still adjust, we're adjusting to these yes. uh, the, these figures where it's like, where, you know, back in the day, a million dollars was like there was two players on it, if yeah. that. But, exactly. Well, what yeah. about Payne Haas? He's another middleman. Obviously, he's been, many think he's the best. Uh, front rower in the game. At I the don't moment. think that's up for debate. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Okay, so he's probably worth the, the, the coin, and he's uh, told the Broncos he's having a look. And again, this is Canterbury's the club that's been most often linked with Payne Haas, and and Gus hasn't shot that down. Gus, if they're not interested in a player, Gus will shoot it down. He's happy to 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 inform the public that the media's got it wrong. Yep. But he's not shot that one down, that they are interested in Payne Haas. Um, you know, he's on 850000 at, at 
Brisbane next year. That We know that because it came out in uh, court documents that were lodged last year, his, his exact, exact salary. They're trying to upgrade him. His manager, I spoke to his manager this week, he said we're going to November 1, loves Brisbane, loves Kevy, uh, mm. loves what's going on up there. But He, he wrote a column last year saying he, he, should go. he should go. Yes, I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was when he was a bit of drama around him. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think he's fixed himself up off the field. Um, and there's no question he's the best, he? best front rower in the game. Was he given the upgrade? Didn't he, didn't he sort of go in with management for an upgrade a couple of years ago? Because uh, there was so a little he, bit of drama about that. Because I remember calling a game at, at Suncorp where you actually got booed by the home fans. Yes, what was yeah, that about? Right. Do you remember? So the issue, that was, that was last year when all this stuff was going on, Gerds. And the issue was he was having an issue with his previous management um, who had got an offer from the Broncos for him. For, I think it was six years, $6 million at the time. But yep. he was in dispute with them. And he moved to a new management Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they are still talking to the Broncos, but I think he thinks uh, – I think they suspect he's worth a lot more than six years and $6 million. But they, requ- they requested – he had an official – He asked official, for release. He asked for yes. an official yeah, And they knocked it back. Yep. I tell you, and that's a – it's funny someone sent me a message this week saying um, there's a message for that to St. George Illawarra because the Broncos refused paying a release. He stayed. He's playing really good footy. So if the drag- Dragons dug in their heels with Ben Hunt, maybe – Maybe all is not lost on that front. But, look, I think Payne's going to get really... He's going to get some really big offers. It, it, yeah. Really big R- offers. Rugby union is the, is the, is the danger mm. um, and, and what they can put to him financially. That, that, that's, the, that's the danger for, for, for me with, with Payne Hass, that he's lost to our sport. He'll, he'll, yeah. I would have thought he'll... The highest paid player in rugby league's Kalen. He's on about 1.4 or something this year. It goes up next year. Mm. Would there be a club, you think... That would pay pay Payne Haas that sort of money. It's it's a lot for a front rower, but Payne Haas is the exception because of his ability to to knock out exceedingly long minutes and keep those minutes but, all quality as well. Like the the guy, it boggles me how fit, how powerful, how strong, how fast he is, and his ability, his endurance is absolutely insane. Yep. But, but, Jimmy, his last couple of years have been exceptional. But you have a look at some of the talent that are coming through and now helping out. And, you know, you played that position yourself. You know, it's hard in the middle, especially if you don't have quality around you. He's got the Carrigans and he's got these guys. So if he was to take a bigger salary like that, $1.2, at a club where he didn't get so much support, gee, his job becomes a hell of a lot harder. Well, he, well, let's not forget Brisbane a couple of years ago were a basket case and he was carrying that team on his own. That's and, right. So and he that's knows what I, it's like, right? It, yeah, he does. He, he does. So he, and, and, but he said, like I think through his management, that this apparently isn't about money. It's about wanting to win premierships. So again, like the Broncos look He's in, in a right strong spot. position yeah. to, to build towards that premiership. But I, I think it's know. a bit of both, Jimmy. I think he wants to win, but you don't go to market Unless you yeah. want to know what you're worth. Would you think, uh, do you think if, if the Broncos came in with a top-up now, Rudy, and maybe a little bit of an extension, they could shut it down quickly so it doesn't destabilise the back end of their season where he is a good chance this year of potentially fulfilling one of those dreams? I think they tried that, Goods. I think they tried not necessarily to upgrade him this year, but certainly to extend him. And I imagine if, if they had some spare cash, they'd give it to him. Well, there is spare cash because they were going to give Ben Hunt some money, weren't they? Well, that's true. That's so true. They've, got, so they've, they've got money there. Yeah. So they could upgrade him if they wanted to. I just think at the moment he and his management have their hearts set on going to market and finding out what's out there for him. 
Mm. All right. Look, maybe if you see him at Combank Stadium this evening, there's the Wallabies take on the Wallabies take on uh, Argentina. <laughs> then we'll know we're in trouble. Yes, but that's Brian. For 15, that's for that's for 25 as well, Rudy. Right? Yes, 25. So this is another situation. It's not going to change for next year. It'll be for no. 25. Yes. Yes. Ah, oh, it's an All awful right. part of the game. There needs to be it a better is. solution than that, honestly. All right. Uh, now we gave you a little set of little task uh, for you, gentlemen. We have given you the run home. What the uh, who's playing who as we head into the finals? And as the finals, what we know that's the crystal ball. Who gets there? Which teams can we lock in? I can see on a run home. We haven't even bothered to put the uh, Broncos and the Panthers there. So I guess we're assuming they are a lock. Uh, certainly towards the top of the eight. Is there anything jumping out at you, Brent Reed? Look, I, I actually, we had to do this for work. Oh. I can't now. I, well, I want to be consistent. I ca- can't, can't remember, remember what my top eight was. But how, how long but ago I, did you I have to do it? I think it was. It was t- last week. Okay, okay. I think I dropped the Raiders out and had the Cowboys in. I think the Seriously? Raiders missed out on points differential, yeah. I think. Well, from memory, I could be wrong. They sit in fifth at the I moment. I did the, uh, you know, the ladder predictor on the NRL website. Went through it game by game. Well, you only need you only need well I say you only it thirteen wins will get you into finals and the Raiders currently are on eleven. Yeah, you're so right. You've got them, so you've only got them winning one. In they've, one side, and they've got the Warriors, one, one Warriors, Knights, then Tigers, then Storm, then Bulldogs, oh. Broncos, and Sharks. Okay, is there? Maybe yeah. it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I think yeah, the for, for me it's um, it's it's down to nine. The race for the, the the eight is down to nine. Unfortunately, I think it's the Eels that miss out. Eels. Yep. Their draw, uh, very difficult. So you've got the Cowboys uh, jump there, who are currently in ninth, jumping in, and the Rabbitohs in eighth. You know, mm. probably going a bit higher. The, the Cowboys play the Eels at, in Townsville next week. Correct. I think that make uh, winner of that plays finals. The, the the loser unfortunately doesn't. I've got it here. Actually, I found it. I did have the Raiders out, but that was. I think I predicted them to lose last week. Right. They won last week, didn't they? So that you would move them now, in. Reedy. So can you I change, change it? Now. No. 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 So that would be hey, the, Tony, for me I've got the an Cowboys interesting one here. Anyway. Oh, so I, I went through with, with my homework. I went through and, and, and gave teams points for the buyers because it can be a little bit misleading. Yes. So you've got, you know, because at the moment you've got the, uh, the Rabbitohs sitting at eighth, but they've got yep. two buyers. So they're going to bounce up to 26. Um, and they've had as many wins as the Sharks who are sitting in, ta- uh, who are sitting in third. So uh, what I've done is, yeah, I... I I've actually got the Sharks missing out of the eight, to, to um, cut a long story short, just based on they've had ten wins, uh, like a lot of the other teams. Um, they're sitting in third as we speak. The they're Sharks. sitting in third, but, but they've had their two buys. And they've only had well, – I'm looking at the wins column as opposed to the play – as opposed yeah, to the points had, column. They've had all their buys, yeah. They've had all their buys. Uh, they haven't been able to perform against, um, you know, the better sides. They are coming into a, a tougher period because their run hasn't been as tough as some of the others. And, and I just reckon that the best sides, and I think the Cowboys are on a run. I just spoke about the Rabbits. They've got their two buys in hand. They're up on 26. They're going to get in there. The Eels have just got some momentum at the moment, and they're going to get their origin players back. I think the Warriors are there. The Raiders are there. The Storm are there. The Broncos and the Panthers. I just couldn't find a hole for the Sharkies. So they're out of mine. Wow, that's well, a big call. That is a big call. That's from, bigger than my Raiders call, Jimmy, I think. 
No, it's not. Okay, so no, it's not. The Raiders. <laughs> because the Ra- Raiders are on 11 wins. They need, they only need two they, wins from and their Jimmy, remaining... And they've got another bye. The Raiders have still got another bye in here. Yeah. Can the, I revolve? Let's see how the Cowboys will miss out. You think, I think it's between the Cowboys and, and Eels, personally. But the one thing we need to look at, and, and I think it's been a bit of an oversight by the NRL in the scheduling, is the, is the bye scheduling. So, yeah. South, they get the bye this week, and then they, they get another bye, I think, in the penultimate round as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So thank like you for using penultimate too. Great. Thank you for using that word. Jimmy, we try and word. we usually only use that once a year, but yeah. you've yeah. just somehow On the second massaged show it into the today's show. So yeah. thank so, you for but, that. But look, it's 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 a huge advantage really. for South Sydney yeah. <laughs> versus the Sharks. Yep. That they've they've had all their buys. So this for me, it's it's it, it needs to be looked at, and obviously a 17th team team uh, coming in. Are you jumping on the Sharks as well, Jimmy? Are yes. you talking about the buy system? No, I'm just yeah, talking well, about talking the buy about system. The sharks have had their buys. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah but I th- so I think it's going to be it's going to be disad- it's disadvantage to the sharks come finals when they're there with well, Sal- they won't Sal- be there. They won't Sal- have to worry Sal- about Sal- it. Sal- <laughs> are absolutely primed for this competition, yep. and I think that there used to be such an emphasis on the top four. I think Souths are a team that can win it from the bottom four from the bottom four of the eight this year, based off their. But they'll make the top their, four. The, yeah, I, well, they probably will. I think they're primed to win the comp due to their buy schedule, due to their talent, due to Latrell Mitchell, the most influential player in the game before his injury. It's going to be huge. Wow, okay. What about the Warriors? They've got a pretty uh, pretty soft draw, haven't they? Um, as we're looking to hit the back yeah, end. Yeah, anyway. great draw. Great yeah. draw. Um, Sharks home's obviously difficult, but Raiders at home, bye, Titans away, Tigers away, Dragons Dragons at home, Tony. I have to tell you, that's a soft game. And <laughs> Dolphins away. I mean, they've got a pretty good draw. I, I, I actually had them in my top four. I think they'll make the top four well, as well. Yeah. Top, top four, get your passports out. Home final in New Zealand. Nice. Get off the oh, back yeah. of that momentum. That'll be huge. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. All right, look, let's uh, have a quick a little look down the bottom of the ladder then in terms of the wooden spoon. Never been won by the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Has been picked up three times by St. George. I think the last one was 1938 uh, that it happened, but uh, never by Illawarra. So they have the Tigers, and they play each other next week. What a game. What a game. What a game. blockbuster. <laughs> I think this, it's sold out, I think, already. Uh, <laughs> a brilliant contest. Contest. I honestly fear Thursday for the Dragons. Night footy too. Got, got injuries jumping about that. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No Sewer and no. Uh, they lost two this week, didn't they? Sewer and Sullivan. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Sullivan with his yeah. hamstring is bad. He's gone for the rest of the season. As is uh, Jaden Sewer. So that's trouble. Uh, you'd imagine, and the way they've been playing is double trouble. I think they'll beat the Tigers next week, and they'll be safe. I think it's the, the Tigers win the spoon for me. Tigers for the spoon. Jimmy? Yeah, Tigers for the spoon there. Four and against is horrible as well. Okay. Yeah, just uh, I think just collectively what's going on, not just on the field but off the field for the Tigers. Too many yeah. distractions. Very destabilised at the moment. And, yeah, I think they're going to get... Did they get the spoon last year? Yes. The yes, Tigers? They did. Yes, they did. So they... Uh, yeah, okay. So they're actually going to go one worse than last year because last year they came 16th. <laughs> this year they're going to come 16th. <laughs> that, that is true. Brilliant heads. <laughs> Sorry, Tigers <laughs> fans. Jimmy Graham, Brent Reed, Ryan Girdler. My name is Tony Squires. We're joined by Michael Chambers. Good day, mate. Hey, Tony. And we are, of course, at Belmore Oval for this game. New South Wales Cup just underway in the second half, 20 to 6. The Bears lead the Bulldogs, doggy side, with Josh Reynolds running around for the very last time. Uh, it'll be nice to get down there on the sideline. It will be. Hopefully, a try 
try and grab a, a word with him. Hopefully he doesn't follow the RLPA boycott. Well, yes, I- I- exactly. I mean, given he's will have officially retired, surely he can do whatever oh, he wants. That's exactly right. At full time, I can get him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a free-for-all. We'll be certainly hoping that will be the case. Uh, I hope he snubs you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How good would that be? Can we get it on, can we get it on air too when he snubs Jamie? Uh, I've had enough drama for one week. Oh, yes. uh, look, I you didn't want to go, go there. there. <laughs> I wasn't going to go You've there. You've opened the door now, hasn't he? I wasn't really, oh, You've opened the door. To, I, what what happened, Tony? I missed it. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> marriage what's problem. What's going on? What, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> That's a story. Fill me in, Chamo. <laughs> we need to fill our column on what Thursday. What have you been up to? Oh, good. Mate, you stop poking the bear with the New South Wales team, okay? That's what you need to worry about. Uh, well, we, we, we kind of buddy. we addressed that. <laughs> so, uh, look, just quickly for those who are now wondering what the hell we're talking about, there was a bit of a kerfuffle uh, <laughs> on your television program on the Nine Network with uh, a stable mate. Hold on, did you say his television program? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what you just said. In my, in my eyes, eyes, big enough. In my he doesn't eyes, need that. He, he's, he's all I look at. <laughs> <laughs> all I look at. Are there other people on that show? <laughs> One of them, of course, is Gus Gould. There was a little bit of uh, uh, to and froing. Yeah, look, I'm just looking at the back door to make sure he doesn't walk past yes. as we're talking. No, look, it was it was good. I, I, I'm fine with it. I've got no issue with him uh, taking umbrage with some of the things that I've written in the past. But to say that I had deliberately destabilised the Bulldogs or the Panthers, wherever he was, that's that's not fair because, yeah, I agree, I've written things that he might not like, but sometimes... Sometimes you write things because they're the truth and not because you're actually trying to run an agenda for somebody and that's where I sort of was trying to defend myself there. But he's the great feel good. He is. And there's an interesting thing. There's almost a Donald Trump style of thing where if you say that's just not true, as he expresses it, people go, oh, well, it mustn't be. Well, I don't know how I got caught in the crossfires between him and Phil Rothfield. I was just enjoying that attack there and then all of a sudden I became the centre of uh, his his punches. But that's okay. It's, um, yeah, you're right. There's a... I guess with Gus, he's just, I guess, so knowledgeable and his history in the game and I guess his stance in rugby league is an icon of the sport and sometimes you you sit there on that panel and he has has opinions and sometimes it's my job to challenge him and um, in that situation I tried to and the rest is history. Rest is mm. history. I love it. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say, uh, ask, gentlemen, is there a thing going on at the moment where our game is starting to look like the uh, uh, under-20s from a few years ago where it was... Attack, 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 try scoring, lots of points. Defence seems to suddenly be a little bit on the loose side. And you know, I mean, most score lines are 32-24. Is, this, is that would, a great I would, thing? I would say that, Tony, for some of the sides that probably won't compete at the end of the year, but I still believe at, at this level, the good sides defensively, I think what's the average um, that Penrith have been able to keep def- um, points against so far this year? It's like 12 or it's 13. It's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think at the top end, you're going to have guys that really focus on that defensive um, part of their game. But I think there's some teams out there, like we saw it last night with the Tigers, where sometimes it just looks like it's just too hard and they're waiting for their turn to get the footy. Yeah. I think some teams can see the end of the season coming, right? Yeah. So they get a bit loose and, yeah. um, you know, injury. There's not as much depth as there used to be because we've got 17 teams now. So teams get injuries and... Um, standard slip, and I think that I'm, I'm a bit with Gerds on that. I think amongst the teams, the, te- the teams were struggling to maintain um, co- competition with the top eight. I think they're, they're just, things are slipping slowly. That, they that, could see, see the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, that level of care starts to, to, to drop off a little bit, doesn't it? And you can just see that with some of the defensive efforts. But to back up Gerds' point, um, 
I think, like most, we were a bit concerned about how Penrith would go this year, especially losing Api Corusau and, and Viliami Kikau and everything that Billy Kikau brings defensively. But they're just phenomenal with, with, mm. with, with their level of, of defence. They, they really are. And that performance down yeah, I was in, say. In, in, in Melbourne was a was a message to the rest of the competition yeah. that they're going for this three-peat and they're the team to beat. All right. Uh, as we see, Josh Reynolds is running around in New South Wales. J- Jimmy, in, we talked about it at the top. In terms of the club and what the club means to him, is it difficult for you? I mean, no, you obviously can do it. Gerds talks about it. When you have something that is so important as existing within a club that has kind of carried you through from youth into adulthood... It's so difficult to suddenly be faced with walking away with that from that. Yeah, it is. And r- rugby league, um, and for any athlete, it's all you know. It, it, it what makes your world spin. For me, it was the axis upon which my world spun from the age of, of seven. It quickly takes over your life. And um, there's not many things you, you get emotional about as a, you know, a, a mid-30-year-old like yep. Josh Reynolds is. And, you know, it was... And then even for me as you know, a late 30-year-old, me, me watching your friend break down, it, it makes you emotional watching that. But this is what sport does. This is what clubs do for, for, for people. You, you ride the highs and the lows of, of life. And you know, the football is your constant. And Josh has moved to the Tigers and the Hall and then, and then back here. And the club has been such an important part of his life because he is a local junior. It's, um, it's, it's crazy what... It's just a made-up game with made-up rules with a made-up team and... Look what it does. It makes grown men cry. And I think that commitment um, and that loyalty will be rewarded, Tony. Like, there's only a few players that sort of that come through the system um, that then get rewarded with a like a lifelong uh, relationship that can continue on. And I just don't see him being lost to the game one and to the Bulldogs two. So he's going to be one of those guys that's just going to come straight into their system and he's going to be part of that club for a long time to come. And that's going to be the reward for what he's given because he's given more than most, as Jimmy knows. Um, and whether that's in a coaching role, whether it probably just start off with some sort of role with the corporates or transitioning over, but... Um, he's going to experience so many more, you know, good times and probably not so good times as part of the Bulldogs organisation moving forward, or at least, Jimmy, I hope he does. Yeah, I, I think you're dead set right. I'd love to see Josh in a coaching role because he gets what it's like to actually be coached because he was a player that relied on his passion and his energy. Everything he did skill-wise, he had to be taught so he can articulate mm. that. Sometimes mm. the best, like the superstar freak players, they do things... And they don't know how they do them, mm. and they're expected to be coaches, but they can't articulate like the great Joey Johns. Like you can't explain what to do, and then the frustration level when you're dealing with someone that's not as naturally gifted. Josh knows what's that, what that's mm. like. So I think he'd be, it'd be a great coach, a great motivator. Do you think he wants of to people. do that, Jimmy? Do you think he well, wants to be a head coach? That's the, that's the question, isn't it? Because it, it doesn't. There's a lot that goes into it. I um, admire every coach at the minute. Like, I had a look behind the curtain and went, no, thank you. <laughs> it, it, and, Jimmy, it's not just uh, about what you do, and it's so true, what you spoke about in passing on the knowledge of how to play. It's also, you know, he's going to have the ability 
to pass on the message of what it means to him yes. to be a bulldog. And I think that's so relevant for you boys, Tony, with, um, you know, what a great signing it was from Shane Flanagan, who's now really active um, in some of those areas at, at building uh, his legacy at the Dragons with getting Dean Young back in and Dean Young yep. and his journey. And, like, so you get people in there and Dean Young can tell them what it's like to actually be a Dragon, to be successful at the Dragons. You know, he can talk about the hard times. So not only is he bringing a guy with a, a, a knowledge of, you know, how to coach and prepare players and mentor, but he's bringing a guy back to the club that can talk about what it means to be part of that organisation. Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. I've gone very, very serious with the quiz today. Uh, just, it's kind of a, a little bit how quickly they forget sort of quiz, but more specifically... He's looking over your shoulder. No, I'm not. Well, he's not. Uh, who, Chavis? Yeah. Well, we already... I know. Well, Phil Gould, Gould told me to expect yeah. that kind of behaviour. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that was right, wasn't Just he? the kind of morals yes, he has. Terrible. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> so it's a state of origin quiz. Oh. OK. So you have to use your names as your buzzers, if you wouldn't mind testing those for me, please. James. Skipper. Michael. Ready. Are you are really playing? That's good. I can't yeah, go over it. I didn't look over your shoulder. Reedy's full of it. Okay. Who scored the first try of the series? Michael. Yes, Michael. Selwyn Cobber. Incorrect. I'm oh. glad you're here. It was, in fact, Hamaso Tabuai oh. Fido. Which two teams had five representatives play during Skipper. the Origins? Ready? Yes, Skipper. Panthers. Yes, correct. Broncos. Incorrect. Cowboys. Michael. Oh. Cowboys is the uh, the other one. Which club had no representative? James. Yes, James. New Zealand Warriors. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Can you just test your buzzer for me again? I wasn't quite loud enough. James. James. Uh, whose name am I spelling backwards? Oh. N O S R. Skipper. Yes, Reedy. I was going to say Simonson, but it's not Simonson. It's not Simonson. Yes, Skipper. No, I haven't got hold on. I no, I'm sorry. Guessed. You said sorry. No, I, said I'm sorry. I was going to say Simonson. It's you, not I'm Simonson. sorry. You, the judge's decision oh, is final. Robson. Sorry? No, no. no. Robson. That's ridiculous. No. We're up to uh, we're up to N-O-S-R-E-H-T-U-G. James. Stop. Yes, Robson. James. Yes, indeed it is. Nine players made their debut in this year's Origin Series. Uh, this is for both teams. Name five. James. Yes, James. Utoya Kamanu. Correct. Bradman Best. Who? Nico Hines. Three. The Hammer. Four. No, Hammer's not. No, Hammer played didn't last year. Hammer. No. Oh, that's it. <laughs> okay, so. Michael. Best. Yes, Michael. Yes. Oh. Yes, Michael. Hudson Young, correct. Oh yes. You can ask. You can take his three. So Hudson Young, you uh, need one more. That's four. Yep. And Robson, Reese. I, I said that. I think as a group we've got that. <laughs> as a group, I'm in the I'm list. I'm going to answer reach. Robson for every question you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Closest to the pin. The Women's Origin Series was decided by an aggregate margin. By how many oh. points did Queensland win Ready? the series? Yes, oh. Rudy. Uh, Skip us. Yes, Skipper. Everybody has a crack. Six. You, where do you go for Skipper? Eight. Eight. Okay. What did you go for Michael? Ten. What did you go? For? Seven. It was four points. Thirty-two. Twenty-eight. Well done, Reedy. What was the name of the Kiwi band who performed before Origin Three? Yes, Reedy. 
No, oh, I got Chalice in there. Said really? Said you said really? 1660. I heard really. Answer the question. You said really. Crowded house. Who said the New Zealand band? Honestly, six sixty which two players were sinbinned this series? Skipper. Ready? Oh. Did you was that you, Skipper, who really said oh, I don't Skipper? know. I don't know if my buzz is working because I keep saying things but no one responds. So you, someone else answer the bloody question. It's the answer, Reese Robson Goods. Robson. <laughs> 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 Thomas Flegler in Game 1 and Josh Adokar in Game 2. Uh, Queensland were attempting to sweep the Origin Series for the first time since the Queensland 2010 team. Uh, but when was the last time New South Wales skipper. achieved... Yes, Skipper. Uh, 2000? Correct. Mm. And finally, what achievement was Ado- Josh Adokar's in Game 3? Ready? Yes, Reedy. Yeah. Was it the most tries for New South Wales? Equaled the most try score for New South Wales with 11. I don't think any of you were the winners what except for... What a dog's for... breakfast that was, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> was was Reese Robson the answer to anything? Every, every question could have been asked by Reese Robson. This is this Saturday scrum. Under an hour now to kick off the Bulldogs taking on the Broncos. 12 minutes remaining in the New South Wales Cup game. The, uh, the Bears 26 over the Bulldogs 6, a Bulldogs side that has Josh Reynolds running around in the number six jersey the last time he will do that and that or uh, any other jersey. Uh, Reynolds is away. Showing all the pace of this year, he gets run down by the 40. Uh, Josh runs the crowd, which is building beautifully uh, up as one, of course, as he took the intercept. Joshy Reynolds, 12 minutes for him left to play in uh, this game. Right now, though, it's time for a little bit of this action. Brent Reed, what have you got? Let's start with the Knights. We are talking earlier about uh, Bradman Best and how well he's playing. What's going on with well, him? We'll do a Tyson Frizzell update because we haven't done one of them in a uh, while. We'll do them gee, in he was good last Saturday. night, Tyson Frizzell, wasn't he? Yeah, look, he's agreed terms on that deal, that two-year deal. Um, his manager's away at the moment, I think, but when his manager get, gets back, they'll finish the paperwork on that deal and uh, um, tie him down officially. But, yeah, he's staying. Interestingly, though, uh, they've begun begun informal talks with Bradman Best and Jacob Safidi about contract extensions. Uh, both those guys are off contract at the end of next season. They're November 1 guys. Um, their cap's really tight. That's an issue for them. They, they've got um, some cap challenges, but obviously keeping both those guys a real priority for them. So um, I th- think they're confident, obviously, both those guys want to stay and extend, extend their time at the club. So that's something I'd expect the Knights to work on um, the next couple of months because they don't want those guys going to market on November 1, particularly Bradman Best, given the way he played in Origin. So they want to get a move on there. But as I said, their cap's pretty tight. They've got a bit of work to do. Their coach would be uh, sitting a, a lot happier uh, after yeah. the past couple of weeks, wouldn't they? But going into that Bulldogs game, there was all sorts of chatter around him. Yeah, it was a crucial three-week period for them because they had the dogs by West Tigers. They needed to win both those games to take the pressure off. And uh, they've done that, but they've got a tough run home the Knights. Um, so, you know, I think Adam's safe till the end of the year and then I would imagine the club will uh, review the situation and they'll see how he finishes the season off. Aiden Caesar and the Tigers? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because, you know, obviously the Tigers have tried every man and his dog in, dog in terms of halves. 
um, Sean Johnson, Mitchell Moses. Chammy, help me out. Who else was there on that list? I'm trying to think of them all. No, you're going well, mate. Keep yeah, going. Cam, <laughs> Cam Munster, Jack White, and you name it, they've tried them. They've obviously now turned to England because Aidan Caesar and Brodie Croft are the two names that are getting thrown around a bit at the moment. Um, Aidan Caesar's a guy, as I understand it, Benji Marshall's quite interested in bringing back. Um, uh, Brodie Croft as well. The, the benefit of Aidan Caesar, I would think, is that... Um, he, he would only be a short-term deal, whilst Brodie Croft's looking for a really long-term deal. And apparently the money uh, that's been mentioned in relation to Brodie Croft's quite significant. So if they make a, uh, a play for Brodie Croft, they would have to sign a long-term deal. They've got to pay a transfer fee. And they're sort of locked in. If things don't work out, they're going to have to, uh, you know, it's going to cost them a lot of money. Whilst Aidan Caesar would be a much more short-term option. So the Brodie Croft... Signed a ten-year deal or something like that. Yeah, but that. He, he, does, he does have an out. He's got an out clause, Jimmy. But there's a transfer fee. I think yeah. it's around the hundred, hundred and fifty mark. I think the Dragons tried to get him at the start of the year, and it was they asked for around two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. So I don't I, look. I don't think the money is the issue for the West Tigers, but no. it's whether or not they want Croft or Aiden Caesar. And I don't think everyone is convinced that Aiden Caesar is the is the right option. I think Benji wants Aiden Aiden Caesar, but I don't think everyone at the club agrees on that. And well, whose whose call is it then? Well, that's that's hard right now, isn't it, Jimmy? With the, the fact is, if it's a short-term deal, if it's only a one-year deal. Tim Sheens is still in charge mm. for another year on paper. Uh, does Benji get the say? That, that's what they have to work out at the Tigers, who's actually calling the shots. And it'll be interesting to see mm. if Benji gets his man here with Aidan Caesar or not. Yeah, well, that's arguably their the, biggest challenge. The, yeah, the, the challenge is org- organising who, who gets the final yeah. call. Well, well that's, that's arguably their biggest challenge at the moment is actually getting everyone on the same page. Uh, you know, the, uh, Benji and obviously Scott Fulton, the guys we're talking about, because they haven't, haven't necessarily agreed on all the players that the, that the club's pursued. So I don't know if they've agreed on anyone. I think Scott Fulton was going down the Josh Schuster path and Benji didn't want a bar of it and there's talk around... I think Scott obviously. was supportive of the Sean Johnson move. I think we, we said today in the paper that they were on different pages over that, but I, I don't think that, that's actually correct. I think I think uh, Scott was in favour of the Sean Johnson move, which never... Obviously, he, he was one of those guys they missed out on. They're, they're, are they in big for the... Latu uh, Fainu, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a young guy who played the, for New South Wales under-19s. On, yeah. yeah. What, what position is he favoured? 5'8". 5'8". Yeah. So maybe perhaps as a, a, the stopgap of, of Aidan Caesar, a bit of experience and then, and then... The issue they've got, Jimmy, is, you know, I think what they're finding is at the moment, because they're playing so poorly and going so badly, agents are reluctant to send their players there. And, you know, I, thought that, I think they think, thought the Farno one would be a lay-down was there just because, because of Scott's relationship with, with his agent, Mario Tartak. But, um, you know, the fact they're not getting better and they're not yeah. playing good footy, I think, and the Dolphins are coming really hard for the Farnus. They both met with Wayne Bennett. Um, you know, I don't think that's been as easy a negotiation as potentially they thought it would be. You wrote about Justin Holbrook and the Tigers looking to meet with him. I, I think there, are, there is pressure on the West Tigers from those player agents to try and put people around Benji Marshall who have actually coached in the NRL in the last 10 years or the last five years because I think there are concerns with the way things are happening at the West Tigers at the moment. And it would be interesting to see whether or not they bring someone in to try and provide Benji with that that modern, I, I, look, I don't want to disrespect Tim Sheens with what I'm saying because he's obviously achieved everything in the game, but there is definitely pressure on the West Tigers to bring someone like a Justin Holbrook or like a John Morris. I think Benji Marshall has a, a relationship with John, someone like that, to come in and help as well. Um, but Benji's the selling point. For a lot of these kids, they grew up idolising Benji. Mm. Like he was the, He's a superstar player. He's the lure to get these, these well, I think Benji's lead. found it hard than he thought it would. Yep. He would but how many I think voices Benji do they need, get guys? The job and... I mean, they've got Dave Ferner. Dave Ferner's had a 
you know, he had he had a um, a senior role at the Raiders there for a while. He's obviously been in a lot of different systems. They've got Robbie coming through. They've got Tim there. I mean, what are they looking for? Other than obviously results that aren't coming their way, but um, don't they need to basically look in, internally and look at what's happened with some of the decisions around management? Were they looking for the wrong things? Do they need to change the culture at, uh, within their administration and and the way that all that is? It doesn't seem like it's uh, synced at all. Yeah, I, I think it's every time they think they have a solution, it becomes a problem, and then they try and fix that. And they did with um, with the appointment of Scott Fulton trying to fix a problem they thought they brought into the club. Then they're trying to do that now, trying to bring people around Tim Sheens and Benji mm. Marshall. Does Benji take complete control? I just think when you've had so much, uh, you, ha- you failed for so long, the pressure becomes so big, and then you try and you try and find the right answer and. Uh, they, they seem like they're clutching at the moment, the West Tigers. They're just trying to find something, a circuit breaker, to give them success that they're after. And I reckon yeah. agents can smell a bit of vulnerability there, right? Mm. So they're throwing players at them and throwing coaches at them and telling them this is the, the answer. That's They're probably getting so many potential solutions thrown at them. And it's yeah. a matter of sorting out the wheat from the chaff a little bit when it comes to that. And also get, getting a guy like Benji on the same page as them. Because Benji... You know, he's the, ultimately the guy who's got to be making these decisions because he will be the coach in 12 months' time and the buck will stop with him. Yeah, he's got to have the, 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 the final say. That, that's how they've got to be set up. I just wonder whether or not the Tigers and, and their inability to re- recruit, um, one of the clauses a, a star player might ask for is uh, similar to what Payne Haas was looking for at the back end of last year. Um, and that's like a success clause. So if you you know you you do these big sells and these big pitches to to try and lure in a superstar player like the brothers from Manly and say, well, okay, maybe they might request. Well, if we're not top four by 2025, then yeah. we get a, a you know an option to to renegotiate elsewhere. Well, right during the week that Stefano it's dangerous to me that. Yeah, well, he's got, he's got a clause in his contract, Stefano, because he re-signed mm. at a time where there was there was a lot of uncertainty around Michael Maguire. If the Tigers don't make the top eight this year, which they won't, and next year, then he's a free agent in 2025, which which there is a counter clause that the West Tigers put in saying that if we can help you become successful, if he plays two origin games, then that clause allowing him to become a free agent is null and void. So mm. Freddie actually dropping Stefano has left the Tigers in a bit of a predicament. For wow. next year, if they don't make the ad, he'll become a free agent. I don't think that'll be their only problem if they don't start winning games of football, the West Tigers. I think there'll be a lot of unhappy players if things don't start to turn quickly. I think they're unhappy now, Mick. I don't think it matters what happens the rest of the season. Here we are at Belmont Oval. Uh, Brent Reid, Josh Reynolds had some great moments, obviously, at this ground that means so much to him With the, in those colours that also mean so much to him. As we speak, he's just finished playing the New South Wales Cup, his final game. He has given up that spot in the top 30 roster for Toby Sexton for the club, just giving back to the club that he says has given him so much over the journey from a young kid through to his adulthood, left there, was torn away really from it and uh, hated having to make that decision, but came back to the club. Uh, and today in the bright sunshine in the corner of... Uh, and directly opposite what's now known today as the Josh Reynolds Hill. He's surrounded by friends and family and loved one uh, and getting the celebration that he richly deserves. Yeah, he's been a great, great figure for this club. He's been a great figure for the game time. One, yeah. one of the real nice guys, one of the guys uh, as a journalist you love dealing with because he was always uh, so honest and open and, and welcoming with his time. So just a great bloke and 
You know, it's nice to see these scenes now. There'll be about, what, 30 or 40 down there of his extended family and family members. Inside the family. I'm going to say it's closer to 50. He's got a quite large extended family. Yeah, right, it's big. Yeah, it is inside the uh, the ground, just in the the, uh, deadline area of the footy, uh, the field. I'm a bit surprised. I thought some punters might run on a bit like that last game he played previously. Uh, A bit surprised they... They managed to keep them off the field, actually. Absolutely. Michael Chamis is uh, on the sideline as we speak. He will chat with Josh uh, in a little while. Chamo, how is it uh, down there? Yeah, obviously quite emotional for Josh. There's a, a lot of his family and friends here, but also some former players around that uh, see David Clemmer here with his family, Luke Brooks with his young, young child as well. So a lot of the people he's played with over the years here to support him on what is a, an emotional day for Josh, but not the result that he wanted. But I imagine uh, seeing all these people here would mean a lot to him and the Bulldogs have got something planned for after the NRL game. Obviously, not, they can't do too much at the moment with the NRL game about to take place in about half an hour. So uh, for Josh, uh, a special occasion and quite a big contingent of friends and family here at Belmore. It's interesting, isn't it, those players who resonate with the club uh, and I guess the area, the locality in, in many ways as, uh, as well. Uh, I mean, what he's played 160-odd games for this club. He's been to two grand finals. He had that terrific moment alongside Trent uh, Hodkinson in State of Origin yep. where he stopped the run of Queensland of eight series or whatever it was at the time. So he's had those great highlights. Uh, but, you know, he would admit himself there's a kind of a, a journeyman factor to yeah. him as well, yet he's so richly loved. It was about the way he played, though, Tone, don't you think? As much yeah. as the amount of games he played, but the passion he played with this footy club and the way he exuded a, a genuine love and care for this place and, and how much it... You, you always knew how much this club meant to him. Like, some footballers go through their career and you you, you don't know... You, they don't give you that side of themselves. They don't give you that, that insight into their personality or their, their affection or their... That's uh, true. Connection with their footy club. But you always knew with him, yep. he was just deeply connected to this place. And that's true. For, for a lot of players, I guess fans believe that they treasure the jersey more than the people who are playing in it yeah. uh, in, in some ways because it's something they're passionate about, have been all their lives from the time they were kids, yeah. kids through. And sometimes it's just a jersey that's passed on from one to the other. But he certainly has lived and breathed uh, that. All right, Chamo, you'll uh, try to grab him in a little while. He's got a few things on his mind at the moment in the corner of the field there, surrounded by those people who love him. Uh, at the other end, I know he's trying to get this television commitments and they're certainly uh, us hoping to grab hold of him as well. Let's have a quick look, though, uh, what we are going to see here this afternoon. Then the Bulldogs will be taking on the Broncos. Uh, a few outs for the Broncos. Payne Haas, we've been speaking about a lot today. He won't be there. Reese Walsh has got the uh, the one, the last game from his suspension as well. Yeah, a couple of outs, but I still think they're going to be too good for the Bulldogs today, Tony. I mean, obviously... Um, you know, they had a great season, season in Brisbane. A lot of blokes coming off Origin as well who'll be on a, a, a high of imagining that they lost that game. They won the Origin series. Um, and the Bulldogs have struggled a bit. So, um, although they won last week. But I just think that um, Brisbane just got a bit too much firepower and class for, for, for the Bulldogs at the moment. Yeah, indeed. All right, let's look ahead. Uh, Manly and North Queensland is the, uh, the second game. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans, who's keeps backing up, keeps doing brilliant things at uh, Origin. Yeah, well, he's closing on 300 games, Daly, so yep. he needs to keep playing. Um, I actually tip Manly in this, but I'm not sure why, because the Cowboys <laughs> are playing really good football. Um, Does that happen a lot to you? you know? Yeah, sometimes I make those tips, and I, I look at them later, and I think, I don't know what I was thinking there. To give you your due, you are travelling quite well in the tipping competition. I know a lot of that is that you're always 
always pick the Broncos yeah. no matter what happens. Yeah. So if they have a bad season, you have a bad tipping season. That's true. They're That's doing well, so you're well. you're around the yeah. top there. Yeah. The last couple of years have been good for me, but you know, I, you know, the Cowboys are obviously playing really well at the moment. A bit of momentum in there. A uh, bit of wind in their sails. A lot of blokes again coming out of Origin who've who've um, enhanced their reputation. So, uh, you know, I tip manly, but with no confidence, Tone. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Brent Reid, James Graham with you from Belmore Oval on this Saturday afternoon time. Now, though, before we speak to Josh Reynolds for a bit of this action. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. All right, simple. I throw an equation at you. You tell me whether you believe it or not and why. Believe it or not, playing Origin in New Zealand makes more sense than playing in Perth or Adelaide. James Graham. Believe it. Yeah? I do. Simple as that. Yeah, well, I think um, if we take it to different markets, why not take it to New Zealand? The game is, is, is growing over there. Um... And what's the difference between taking it from... I know it's taken outside Australia, but um, I think it would be great for the impact that our sport could have by taking State of Origin um, over to the New Zealand shores. Good. Yeah, I believe it, Tone, 100%. Um, sometimes I feel when we go to... Oh, not so much Perth, but, but Adelaide... Um, they go to it because it feels like it's an event for them, but they're not really invested in the contest. I feel sometimes it just lacks that little bit of intensity down there. But you speak to any Kiwi and they've always got, uh, most of them you would have to say go for New South Wales, of course. But, um, you know, not only do they love the sport, they, they feel like they really get the concept. They love the, the tribal way that, um, you know, that, 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 that game is played at that level. And I think they would buy in and I think it would be a fantastic uh, event over there. So... I believe it. it. Isn't it, though, that the, the the game is trying to increase its footprint by going to uh, West Australia, by going to a South Australia? Oh, Tony, come on. It's well, just about mean, coin. On. It's all about money. It's all about the financial... It's all about the remuneration. It's, it, they go to the highest bidder, don't they, Rudy? Yeah, yeah well, they do, yeah. Look, I mean, yeah. theory, it's, okay. it's a bit about... Well, no, it's a bit about both. Right, I think it's a bit about both. But they certainly probably wouldn't go there unless the government chipped in some money. So it's, it's got a lot to do with money. It's got a little, little bit to do with growing the code. Yeah, um, is, I'm not a fan of going to New Zealand. But is, is there an appetite for, for an 18th team in New there Zealand is, as yeah, well? There so. is. Potentially, Jimmy. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some talk about that. Maybe we have a, well, a second team in New Zealand at some point, Yes. All right, uh, believe it or not, and we're still staying in New Zealand, this is weird for a player who is uh, closer to the back end of his career than the front. Sean Johnson, believe it or not, is the most improved NRL player of the year, Ryan Girdler. Oh, gee, that's hard to argue. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny to put him in that category. He's having a, a, an absolute stellar season, has been rewarded with, a, um, with another contract, which is great for uh, the Warriors. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that, Tone. I'm happy with that. All right, just to interrupt you there because the man of the moment, Josh Reynolds, is with Michael Chemis as we speak. Chema. Yeah, with Josh Reynolds. Josh, the emotions all week were heightened. You play here in front of the biggest crowd in the New South Wales Cup at Belmore in a long, long time. What are the emotions right now for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sad, mate, to be completely honest, Chemis. Uh, I thought it'd be a tad easier because of the week, you know. I thought I got all my sukun out early. and <laughs> But honestly, I... The thing is with me, everyone's always telling me, you know, that eventually you, 
he won't want to get up and play anymore. But the sad thing is, I, I want to still play, but I just can't. You know, my body's just not up to it anymore. But I was coming here every day and training, thinking I was back in 2010. But unfortunately, yeah, it, it didn't happen. But, you know, what a way to finish here at Belmore with, you know, with a lot of people that have been a part of my journey and a lot of people that I love. The day you signed with the West Tigers, you and I went for a coffee after around the corner. You were quite emotional. You were crying back then. You didn't want to leave this club. To come back here and finish it, is there a part of you that feels that that, that journey, that the career that you've had is now complete, that that chapter is closed? Yeah, definitely, mate. I, you know, you know more than anyone, I I definitely didn't want to leave. And But these things happen. I'm not the first one that's going to happen to and I won't be the last. And I just was always chasing that feeling I had here. Um, James knows, you know, what we had and constantly, constantly chasing it, chasing it. And I went to England and really, you know, I enjoyed England, the place, but I didn't really enjoy enjoy the footy. And then I, there was just something. There was just something I needed to do and to finish. And I've definitely scratched that now, mate. I honestly have. It's uh, such a different role for me coming back here and, you know, just filling in wherever. But to be able to be a part of the start of both careers like Karaz and and Rajab is, is very special. You talk about, you've said it numerous times throughout your career, you're not the superstar, you haven't got the skill of, a, of an elite player, but what you do have is the heart and determination that very few have. Is that what you're most proud of, that you've got everything out of yourself over a, an amazing career? Yeah, mate, look, I've, I've never even touched on the fact that, yeah, the, the, the skill side of things, you know, I've, I've just accepted my role in every team I've been a part of, and whether that was to get in people's faces and you know, do the weird shit that I do in the field, it's I was happy with that and I was okay with it and I accepted that from a young age. And, you know, I, 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 that's what I want to do here at this club. I want to I want to get into young guys who are, who are from this area and just make them realise, like, you do not have to be like, you know, the Latrell Mitchells, the Cody Walkers and all, all, you know, all the very, very talented people. There's always a spot for a guy that just wants to do his best, you know, and it might not be good enough sometimes. I wasn't good enough in some in some clubs and some teams, but you know, I, I tried to never steer away from who I was. Up to you, boys. Josh, the one thing that springs to my mind when I think of you is just how much you cared, and I think if that can rub off on a number of people, um, you go a long way to doing a great job here, mate. I just want to say, mate, it was fantastic to to call you a teammate and more importantly a friend and just looking out at this oval right now we had some fantastic memories pushing ourselves to our absolute limit running up and down this field and uh, it's been a been a pleasure to to be a small part of that journey with you mate I hope you're very proud of what you've managed to achieve and the difference that you've made in so many people's lives thanks Jimmy mate um, yeah you're a very special person to me mate I I don't want to get all emotional again but mm. You just made me, you made me a different player, mate. You made me do things that I never thought I could do, and I really appreciate that. Me too, man. Yeah, um, Grubby, Ryan Girdler, mate, congrats on a, a fantastic career, mate, and so um, so brilliant just to witness the moments and uh, the emotion, and you're just one of those players that everyone wishes they got to play with. I never did, mate, and... I just want to let you know that um, as you transition over, you're gonna, it's going to be difficult in, in times as well, but there's a, there's a really unique rugby league community out there that's willing to help you on that journey. So just always feel like you can connect, always feel like 
you know, you can call up, um, ask for help, ask for advice because it's a really difficult time in your life and a lot of us really struggle with it and just know that there's people out there, mate, that you can call and I'm definitely one of those and I know Jimmy's one as well and um, we'll be there for you, brother, and um, enjoy what, what the future brings. Yeah, thanks, Gertz. I appreciate that, mate. I, I pretty, I've, I've already accepted um, I'm going to struggle without the game so much just because I, you know, I still love it. I, I still honestly love it. I, I think things in my head all the time when I go on the field and it just makes me really proud that I was, you know, able to play the, the sport that I love and I, you know, as I've grown up as, as, as a kid, mate. So thanks for that. I appreciate it, mate. Josh Reynolds, Josh, you you said about thinking things in your head. Can you tell us what you were thinking that day in the Gold Coast, where you where you ran off and you threw the deliberate forward pass, and we had to, and you ran off into the change rooms, and we were continuing playing. Was that the one where uh, you wrote the season off as our captain, mate? <laughs> <laughs> you always forget that part. Yeah, you always forget the best part of the story. But uh, yeah, that was uh, probably one of my best moments of my career, mate. So, yeah, thanks to me. Josh Reynolds, we've got to thank you so much for not just today. I want to thank you for showing the emotion that you did while you were playing, for showing the emotion that you did while you talked about leaving the game. Whatever you do, continue to put the same amount of passion into it, mate. We really have enjoyed watching every second of you. Thank you. Cheers, boys. There is Joshy Reynolds. What a great bloke. What a great mm. man. Uh, the career on the field is over. What next? Triple M Footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.